0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad. All right. Well, I hate to alarm everybody, but I've been doing some thinking. I heard something last night that got me thinking and that got me talking to some people today and that got me thinking even more. And then when I get thinking, that means I'm going to get talking on the show tonight. And that means I'm hoping that maybe you'll want to talk to me a little bit as well. So again, I, I, I hope this, the, my process of thoughtfulness does not alarm everybody out there, because it could get a little strange at times. Who knows? Maybe even a little unfocused. But uh, I just—I I, want to. Obviously, we're going through a really tough time here with the Edmonton Oilers. What are they at now? Two nine and two in their last thirteen games. I'm starting to lose track. They—they they have a lot of problems. They're allowing the first goal. Their save percentage is dropping. The special teams aren't doing very well. It's not overly often they get a goal from a depth player. Uh, The big guys aren't scoring as much as they used to. They're giving up too many odd man rushes. Some of the, uh, at least how the coach is deploying the ice time for some of the players, all those types of things. So depending on how you want to prioritize things and the categories you put them in, you may have a list of five or six problems for the Edmonton Oilers. If you break things up a little more, you, you could have 10, 11, or 12. We know there are a lot of things going wrong right now. Unfortunately, they're all sort of happening at the same time. I mean, there might have been, well, there were issues when they started 9-1 and and 16-5, and but they, they weren't all happening at the same time, and some things were going well that were allowing them to overcome their issues. Well, now they, you, know, you don't put many things on the positive side of the ledger, quite frankly, if anything, in some of the games. And now they're in a really tough spot here. They have dropped out of a playoff spot in terms of points percentage. And yes, if you go on the NHL standings on the NHL website, the orders in terms of points, are in the second and final wild card spot in the West, but if you use points percentage, they are actually tenth, not eighth. And uh, I often look at points percentage, especially in a year like this, where with all the postponements and everything, you're you're having a big discrepancy in games played for some teams. For example, you know, just look in the Oilers division: Vegas and Anaheim have played 36 games, Calgary's played 31, Edmonton's played 34. So it's all over the place. So if you look at points percentage, it goes Winnipeg last playoff spot, then L.A., then the Edmonton Oilers, and then San Jose and Vancouver are lurking behind that. So anyway, uh, basically they've dropped out. They are not right out of it, and there are still a lot of games left, but we're at the point where we're recognizing something has to change. And I say something has to change because, and this is what got me thinking here, you have to identify one thing first and then maybe go from there. Because if you try to change everything at once and things still aren't working, then can you really be sure what the core of your problem is? And I poached a clip here from my buddy's show, and he's going to be on a little bit later on. Uh, Jay Onright's going to be on from TSN. And uh, I was watching him last night, and he had Craig Button on the show, the director of scouting for the network and i uh, used to be a guest here on oilers now with bob stoffer a few years ago when i was producing the show former nhl general manager and he kind of had an extended discussion uh, about the oilers and he acknowledged they have a lot of issues but he kind of focused on one thing right here
1: i'm going to say this i said this this is subpar goaltending it 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 is submarine the team and until it gets fixed it's not going to fix the owner's problems. And you can't even evaluate anything else until you address the goaltending. And right now, Jay, it, it, it's like a rickety. It's like walking across a rickety bridge. You, you know, everybody's walking a lot. I better make sure I don't walk on that weak board. Uh, that's the one that might collapse. Everybody's sitting on the bench waiting for that bad goal to go in. And it doesn't start when the puck drops. It starts in the afternoon. It starts in the morning of a game. You don't know what kind of goaltending you're going to get. To me, when you know what the problem is, you got to find the solution. That's on Ken
0: Holland. And what really stood out for me there, and he, he's used that rickety bridge analogy before. I mean, he was on with Rod Peterson a couple of days ago, and he he, he used the, the same sort of story to talk about the goaltending. I think that's a fair way to describe it. You know, are, are just you even as a fan, are you feeling tense when the shots go on Smith or Koskinen or Skinner? Are you feeling tense when Koskinen goes out to play the puck? Are you expecting the Oilers to allow the first goal? And that's not always goaltending related, to be fair, but sometimes it is. So what really struck me there, what Craig Button said is, you can't even begin to evaluate anything else until you address the goaltending. Okay, so this is i guess this is my question to you and i'm going to get into some stats here and some comparisons and maybe even some possible solutions for the Oilers when it comes to goaltending because you know we've we've talked about it a lot i know when rob brown or asked or asked about things after games were they going to trade for a goaltender we've always said and and i to me this was a fair and sober approach you have to see how mike smith plays uh, well, Mike Smith's health is is going to be a concern. He missed a lot of time. He played a couple of games. He missed a couple of more games. And then he came back and played last night. Um, so, and now with the Oilers slipping out of a playoff spot, is, is this the big one? And I guess that's what I want to ask you. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the hotline powered by teed Professional Grade Building Materials. Of all the things we discuss, depth scoring, some of the defensemen not being able to move their feet very well, too many turnovers, moving the puck up the ice before you hit the red line, uh, slumping special teams, all that kind of stuff. Do you want, do you want to talk about that stuff, or is it just one big thing that needs to be fixed, and then you see what happens for a chunk of games? And, and maybe that's not the goaltending to you. Maybe it's something else. But you know if, if you're if you're the general manager, you can play the armchair general manager, do you have to say, okay, I, I understand all the problems, but I have to treat some of them as just noise and just focus in. You know what I mean? Like if, if you're trying to to get healthier as a human being, say you're an unhealthy, obese human being with all these bad habits do you can you cut out all the bad habits at once or do you say okay i need to take three months and eat better and then i need to take three months and quit smoking or whatever and then i'm going to become a walker or a runner in the other three runs because if you do it all at once it might be overwhelming and and you might not be sure what's making the most difference or if you're really doing that effectively so if you're ken holland Do you try to pluck at all these problems at once and now this player does this and now this, or or do you say, okay, it's one thing. And we know in hockey, the one thing that is more transformative than anything else is often a strong goaltender. It is the most important position on the ice, even on a team that has Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl or some of the other star players on different teams around the league. And, And here's where we are now statistically. The Oilers, in terms of five-on-five special teams, so we'll leave power plays and penalty kill out of the equation. The Oilers, when it comes to five-on-five save percentage, are now 29th in the NHL. Uh, what would that be? Fourth last now, I guess, because there's 32 teams. Their five-on-five save percentage is 909. So I thought to myself, all right, so that's that's the save percentage five-on-five, 29th. What if they were 16th, right in the middle of the league? Just, just average, sixteenth. That's currently Anaheim, nine twenty-three five-on-five save percentage. If that were the Oilers' save percentage, and again, I'm not counting special teams, they would have allowed twelve fewer goals against. Twelve fewer goals against. In uh, what are we up to now? Thirty-four games. That's fairly significant. I, I talked to somebody I know who's uh, who's who's big into analytics. And I know sometimes I, I poke fun at some of the analytics stuff, but that's basically me just trolling them because they can be pretty, pretty trolly themselves sometimes. Um, and I, so I told this stat to this gentleman I know who does analytics. And I said, okay, 12 goals against, but, you know, if you win a game, uh, you know, 6-2, does it matter if it was uh, 6-2 or 6-3? If you, if you lose a game 4-1 or 5-1, does, does it really matter? You've still lost. And he said, Reid, he said, I'm going to tell you something. You lovable old fool. He said, I usually say that every five and a half goals is worth a win. So from his math, we can just modestly predict that if the Oilers had an average save percentage five on five, they would have four, maybe five more points, which would not put them strongly in the postseason. It would not put them at the top of the division but it would certainly have more uh, space between them and their pursuers than they have right now. Okay, let's go to the Certainty hotline. We have Mike standing by. Mike, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead.
2: Hey, Reid. Uh, I like your talk show and everything. Um, what I would do is I, I'd, I'd bring up Skinner. I'd play him until they figure out the goalie situation. I wouldn't put Smith back in net. Koskinen, I wouldn't put back in net either. I'd have Smith back up, Skinner. Second of all, I don't know why Holland didn't find a goalie during the last two years during the pandemic. You know, Dubnik's out there. Maybe go grab him. Maybe he could help out. And, Sarah, the defense got to block more shots. Every time I watch Nurse, he's always ducking or trying to hide from getting hit by the puck. So, you know, Skinner's got a better save percentage. Why isn't he playing?
0: Well, he might. You know what? That might be the short-term solution. I mean, what if Skinner played seven out of the next ten games and you keep looking for a deal while that's going oh. on? That might be the point they're at, right?
2: Yeah, I like that. I like Skinner. He he played pretty good in the last couple of games. And I don't know why. Ha- I know Holland and, and Smith have some sort of weird relationship, but you can't be putting a guy in who's been out for two and a half months and he's I think injured.
0: Tipping at Smith, right? Or,
2: or, or, sorry, tipping yeah. Smith. Right? <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and okay. uh, putting him in net and the guy's injured. Like you're trying to win games. Put Skinner in, ride him out. The defense have to pick up their play a bit and start blocking more shots and getting back. And same with the forwards got to be better back checking benson's back checking his ass off sorry those other guys should be watching what he's doing
0: yeah okay thanks mike appreciate it 780-496-0063 we'll also get abe on the show abe go ahead hi reed
3: i just like to say with the goaltending thing i've been you, you build a team from the goaltender out and we've been lacking it for years but there's one thing i can't understand with this and i've been calling for it myself when I've called in and for years and that. I don't understand why we keep this goaltending coach here, Schwartz, that we have. He's gone through about four GMs, probably six to seven different coaches, and he's still there. I don't know what the connection is, if he's got a connection with Cates or whatever it is, but as long as we have that guy there running the goaltenders, he's never made anybody into anything only when they leave our team they go elsewhere and they become something like Dubnik did and uh okay
0: okay to be fair Schwartz was not Dubnik's goalie coach Freddie Shabbat was well I don't know but you know I I do know I do know that's okay you can have an opinion but you can't have your own facts Schwartz was not Dubnik's goalie coach okay
3: How, how long how long has Schwartz been with the team
0: uh, since 2014, I believe he was Talbot's goalie coach. Talbot was really good for a couple of years.
3: Okay. Then maybe he wasn't Dubniks, Then I'm wrong about that. But 2014, we've gone through how many GMs since that? Probably three or
0: four. Yeah. So how come none of them have made a change then? Maybe they think he's okay. What?
3: That, that's what I'm wondering. How come nobody has made a change? Tell me one goaltender that's flourished under sports. Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot. When he left here, Talbot was basically in trouble like the rest of the goaltenders we had. He was n- nobody. Everybody was wanted them out. In that at the time when he left.
0: I know. I would you, have been fine. I would have been fine. I would have been fine with Cam Talbot stink. They they should have picked Talbot over Koskinen.
3: Well, like for me, I I don't see where Schwartz. As as turning anybody into a great goaltender or anything like that, myself and that like like I say with him, I, I don't understand what the connection is. How come he keeps lasting here? And we could go and get a top-notch goaltender. My opinion, you can go get a top-notch goaltender, and he'll turn around and he'll look like uh, they all look the same. And that right. after right. after they get with him and that like I say, I. I don't have no confidence Abe, in that Abe, guy
0: whatsoever. Abe, you've, you, we've given you the airtime, buddy. I appreciate it, okay? Call any time. That is Abe. we got to call a quick timeout. Uh, if you're on hold, we'll get to you. It's Inside Sports on chat. you're on the open line you can tell people that you opened for jay Onright because he's coming up between 6:30 and 7 we've got former d-man mark 113th the norris trophy voting in 83 84 on the line mark go ahead hey reed how are you tonight good buddy go ahead
1: yeah no you know
0: i think we have a couple
1: of problems i mean obviously we have goaltending problem I didn't like the fact that they signed Smith for two years. They, they did it anyway. I think it was a mistake. Uh, I know you had some issues with them signing an older goaltender, you know, for an extended period of time. One year, I think, would have been adequate. But whatever it is, what it is, we're living with it. I mean, the real issue is the, the Koskinen contract, which I've said for years was terrible, is, sure. is, still, is still coming back to bite us in the butt. But what are, what are our options at this point? And the the reason why I say that is we're sitting here looking at a club that's floundering for a variety of reasons. I I think one of our biggest issues, unfortunately, uh, besides goaltending, has been the COVID issue. I know everybody's dealing with it, but it's one thing to sit there and uh, not play for two, three weeks and then start back up again. It's another thing to be icing an AHL roster and, you know, having to go out there night after night and losing. And that's pretty much what Edmonton's been doing now for. Seems like since Darnell Nurse got hurt and then came back.
0: Well, tell you what, Mark, I I, I got a couple of other guys to get to. I'm going to look into some options as we move along tonight, and you may not like some of them, but I'm going to put them out there. Okay.
1: Before I go there, read. I'll be very quick. I think this is a lost cause. I've said this season is a lost cause because of you know what's going on with COVID, and I don't think they were ready to move to the upper echelon i don't want to see them spend and sacrifice their future for what i think to be honest i think this season is is done
0: okay thanks mark always appreciate it buddy that's mark on the certainty hotline we also have darren standing by darren hope you're having a good day go ahead man you as well
4: reed um i know you said you were going to talk about goalie options later in the show but uh for me um like I think after the Ottawa game with the break um I think I'd call Skinner back up and uh go with Skinner and Smith and uh for more long term like uh what are what are you thinking about the whole uh possible Carey price situation
0: Well though, did you were you listening a few weeks ago when I talked about that cuz uh, Brian Wild from Global Montreal Said that the Canadians should trade Carey Price. The problem with Price is his age, his contract, and he hasn't played a game yet this year, has he?
4: No, he hasn't. So, but, uh, like, I was that- I was listening to Oilers now with Bob Stocker today, and uh, George Larocque was on.
0: Oh, I missed was, George today. Okay, what did he
4: say? Yeah, he he was saying that Montreal would be willing to eat half of uh, Price's contract for how many years? Um, for the remainder for the remainder because they're going into a rebuild and he was saying like they're probably like Sherrod's going to be gone. He's UFA. Um, I'd be interested in him. Sound like I, I would assume Petrie is going to get out of there. Um, He makes seven. So So, so let's talk about, so
0: with price, so with price, you'd have to trade them Koskinen, right? Yeah. Yeah. For the rest of this year. And then they eat price. What does price have left? Five after this year, four after this year, I and think then, three, 3 or 4 yeah. And then you'd probably have to give them I mean what else a, would it cost you? They'd a, have to tr- take something. They'd want something in, else.
4: Probably a first and Broberg.
0: Yeah. Or would they say, "Well, we want a real goalie, not Koskinen, and would they want Skinner?" Right? Well, I yeah, maybe. Yeah.
4: I Okay. I I know it's I not, it's an interesting I, chat though. Yeah, but my my thing is, like, if you can get Price, like, obviously, the main thing is he's got to be ready to play at some point this season, and that's kind of the big question. But if you could get Price at five and a half for the next three or four years, whatever it is, I can't think of a better goaltender. If you're able to keep Skinner in the trade, I can't think of a better goaltender to put uh, Skinner under the wing of Price for, say, three years and when price is done now i've got skinner at 26 27 who's just been under price for a few years so i thought that's kind of an interesting
0: one that is an interesting one okay thank you very much Darren. i appreciate your call here's what i gotta do the news and weather now if you're on hold uh here's the thing my buddy jay Onright is scheduled to join me he has a tight window because of his stupid tv show or because of his awesome tv show uh so you can stay on hold or, or call me back after Jay is on, because I do want to talk to you. I'm glad people want to chime in tonight. Um, or if, if Jay forgets, then maybe just stay on hold, and I'll bring you in instead of having have a Jay on. So that's how the next half hour is hopefully going to look. 630Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630Chad.